0: Hi, everybody. Thank you for downloading the Bill Corbett Creating Cooperative Kids podcast. Today's podcast is an excerpt from a live recording in which I was speaking to a large group of Alabama preschool teachers. Here are four things that are in this podcast that you might find interesting. One is I introduced the group to Austrian-born American psychiatrist and educator Rudolf Dreikers, who took the work of psychologist Alfred Adler and really moved it forward in helping us understand the purposes of misbehavior in children and things that parents can do in creating cooperative behavior without the use of punishment with children. I think you'll find this very interesting. Rudolf Dreikers was one of the inspirations behind the development of my Love, Limits, and Lessons program. The second thing you're going to hear me talk about is I'm going to offer some techniques to these teachers about teaching children self-controls. The third thing, is the difference between proactive and reactive parenting. Two different types of parenting methodologies and both are necessary. And finally, you're going to hear me pull out an actual parenting toolbox filled with tools that probably shouldn't be in there. You may recognize many of them. Now, although you won't be able to visually see my presentation, you can hear me introduce each of the tools who kind of have to use your mind's eye in really listening to the session. I hope you draw a lot from this. Please enjoy today's podcast.
1: This book was printed around 1950, uh, 1952. It's called Children the Challenge. Anyone read this book or heard of this book before? Very few have. It's now out in reprint. It's called Children the Challenge by Rudolf Dreikers. What Dreikers said was you cannot apply any discipline until you first understand why children are behaving this way. You first have to understand what their motivation is, and he said one of the things you cannot do is control children. You cannot control, you will not be successful. And he said that he believed that human beings were never intended to control each other, although they do. And when our great, great, great grandparents were children and being raised, they lived in in an autocratic society. That's where there's an almighty power and everyone else bows down and does what, what the almighty power says. So, Dreiker said, look what happened in the Industrial Revolution, right? All those factory workers and plantation owners lost control of controlling our our ancestors. Then he said, in the 1950s, this doesn't stop there because men are controlling women. And if they're not careful, they're going to lose control of them. And women are going to no longer be controlled by men. Look what happened with the Equal Rights Movement, right? And then he went and made one more prediction. He said, we've got to stop controlling our children or it's going to get worse. And that's one of the struggles that we see in disciplining children today. We need or we try to control our children and you cannot do it. You have to teach them to control themselves. And that's the huge challenge here. Some of the things that I'm going to tell you this morning may seem kind of odd and strange and weird. For some of you, it may not. All I'm asking you to do is Open your minds and open your ears just for the session. You don't have to believe in what I'm going to tell you, but I'm asking you to consider it. Consider the difference in raising children and using discipline in a way that truly raises cooperative, drug-free kids, because that's what we want to do. And you can't do it by controlling children. And the first step, Dreyker says, is you first have to understand why they're behaving this way. Can you imagine driving your car down the highway and hearing a noise under the hood of your car? What do we do? Do we, do we guess? Do we say, let's see, I think I'll get an oil change. Do we do that? No. We usually take it to someone who can tell us what's wrong. Can you imagine if you just guess that you need an oil change, you get back on the highway, what happens? Oh, it's still making that noise. And that's, what's ha- wh- that's the problem with children. We just arbitrarily select a discipline method based on our, how we were raised or what we've learned in our education And then we get frustrated when it doesn't work. (laughs) And then you see parents getting so frustrated because things that they normally traditionally use aren't working and it frustrates them. That's what Dreiker said. You first have to clearly understand what a child's motivation is because there is really a motivation behind it. There are two ways of raising children. There's the proactive approach and there's the reactive approach. You know you need both of them? You know it's like a fire, right? If a fire erupts, there's two ways of dealing with that fire putting it out immediately, and then what do you do so it doesn't reoccur, right? There's two ways of fire prevention. Things that we're doing on a regular basis to make sure fires don't occur, but if they do, we have to have another approach as well. The same with raising children. We have to be doing something on a regular basis to avoid misbehavior, but then we also have to be ready with tools when it does erupt. A lot of programs only give us one particular side. So again. All I ask you to do is consider what I'm going to tell you this morning. Open heart, open mind, and just humor me if you must. (laughs) I believe that uh, as a teacher, as a parent, we all walk around with one of these. It's our discipline toolbox, except yours are all invisible. For the benefit of this presentation, I've made mine a real (laughs) discipline toolbox. And when our children act out and misbehave, One of the first things that we do is we go into our parenting toolbox. We see our children in our classroom, our home acting out. We go, okay, it's time for me to pull something out of this box. Some families are still using this, okay? Some school systems I've learned are still using this, okay? Now, there's some problems with this tool. Even though I am confronted at seminars and talks and workshops and parenting classes, people come up and give me grief that it's their right to use this tool or the switch or the belt. That's fine if they think that that's their right. I'm asking them to consider my point of view, which is there's some problems with this, okay? Who taught us how to use this? If we use it, who taught us how? Parents. Our parents. Who taught them how? Their parents. Who taught them? Their parents. It goes back to generations because do you realize You may not realize it, but this actually was an effective parenting tool one day. Many, 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 many generations ago, this was an effective parenting tool because as I told you before, our ancestors were raised in an autocratic society. This is an autocratic parenting tool. I'm the boss, you're not, keep quiet or else. Some parents don't even use it, but they use it as a threat. Now, there's some big problems with this tool, of course. We live in a democratic society today, right? We honor each other's spirit, make sure not to offend anyone, caring for the human spirit, but yet some families and school systems are still using an autocratic tool. Can you see a child who's raised with an autocratic tool like this, and then when they turn 18, they're released out into the world, and they go, go discover yourself, explore your spirit, figure out where you fit in this world. And if they've been raised with this, guess what they do? They go out in that world, they're waiting for someone to tell them to sit down and keep quiet, or I'm gonna spank you. And if you think I'm kidding, any of you heard about the story that happened about two years ago in a little suburb town outside of Chattanooga? There's uh, two 19-year-old girls who are working at a shaved ice business. Anyone hear the story? Made the news. They were working for, uh, in a shaved ice business for about a year and one of them finally went to the authorities and revealed that their boss had been spanking them. For a year, anytime they did not perform their job well, he would spank them, take them over his knee, and spank them. And you know what? They did not question it. You know, it's kind of a, an unusual case. It did happen, and a lot of questions came out. Why did those girls not question? What was going on in the beginning? You know, one of them said, i had been spanked at home. What's the difference? And One of them could not, they could not tell the difference where this ends. Okay, the other problem with this tool of course is too many times, too many people, too many parents or teachers have taken out their frustration. It was no longer applying discipline. It was now abusive and harmful to the children that was being used on. Okay, the other problem I see with this of course is, um, a lot of times you get two parents who merge into a marriage. The, the woman was taken care of a little bit more gently in being raised as a child. The boy was handled a little bit more abrasively, oftentimes spanked. And they come together in a marriage, and they can't agree on how to discipline. Guess who the first person is who, can, who realizes they don't agree? The child. And the child goes, <laughs> Well, what do we have here? Isn't this interesting? Mommy and daddy can't agree on how to discipline. Let me use that to my advantage. Okay, so if I go back into my discipline toolbox and I go, and if I decide I'm not going to use this tool, so I've got to go get something else. Well, one of the things that parents pull out is, and teachers, the notorious timeout card. This is a problem too, and in my opinion, The reason I don't believe it works is because timeout was intended to remove a child from an area when they are out of their own control. That means when they're likely to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else or infringe upon someone's rights. The problem is this is being used as a generic form of discipline all the time. You know, you get a parent watching, uh, they've got two little boys and Johnny knocks Tommy's blocks over. and He laughs (laughs) because it was fun. Because he provoked his brother, and the mother of the father goes, you go to your timeout right now, and you think about what you just did. Silly mom for her to think that Johnny's sitting on his bed going, let's see, what should I do differently next time? Because he's not. Chances are, he's either thinking, oh, I just got some awesome attention. Look how much fun that was. I knocked over the blocks, and now I have to sit in my room. Now, I figured out what to do when I want to make mommy mad. And he's learned a behavior that's very ineffective and very inappropriate. Or the child sitting there going, I hate my mom so much that when I come out of my room, I'm going to kick my brother again. Or Johnny's sitting there in his room going, I'm such a bad boy. I'm such a bad boy. Mommy doesn't love me. When I come out, I'm going to draw her pictures and I'm going to kiss her and I'm going to make her the happiest mom in the whole world. Can you see the ineffective thoughts and the emotional health of the child that's going on who sent the time out inappropriately? Again, this was used to remove a child. In the Redirecting Children's Behavior Program, when I teach and talk to parents, I teach them the appropriate way of using this and when and how to set it up. So let's say that my child's misbehaving and it's, this is an appropriate tool. What else can I do? Well, a lot of parents go into shouting and yelling because they think they, the children didn't hear them the first time. And they shout and yell and eventually... It's talking too much. And you know what happens to children when parents and teachers talk too much? They don't hear a word you say. They fall into something that's called parent or teacher deafness. They don't hear you anymore. And you know what I like in that too? You ever watch the Charlie Brown cartoons when the teacher talks? Wah, 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 wah. That's what they hear. They don't hear a word you say anymore. So I think we can all agree that yelling is not effective. Plus, there's been studies that have been done that says that Yelling is more harmful than any physical force because it destroys the human spirit. One of the most sensitive and delicate parts of being a human being. So what else is left in here? Well, then we return to bribery and rewards. And why? Because it gets instant results. Sort of like the spanking. Why do we spank? Because we don't know what else to do and it gets instant results. It stops the child's behavior immediately, or this does. And if I decide not to use this, I have nothing left in my parenting toolbox. Thanks for downloading this
0: podcast. For more help with parenting, go to cooperativekids.com or find me on my Facebook page, Raising an Independent Child.